Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Want to make 2017 your best year ever? Then let me be your teacher, your mentor. I've prepared special courses and webinars for you that will help you succeed and to give you access directly to me. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today. You have nothing to lose. Try me for 30 days and if you aren't satisfied, I guarantee you a full refund, no questions asked. Don't go it alone. Let me be your guide at mojouniversity.com. Be successful today. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and today we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, I am interviewing today my guest Jennifer Rock and Michael Voss. Now they are the authors of a new book called BS Incorporated. Now you heard me correctly. I didn't say Bull Blank Incorporated. I said BS Incorporated but it's exactly what you think it is. It's an awesome book, and uh, I'm really looking forward to talking uh, about this book with Jennifer and Michael today. Uh, both of the authors live and work in Minneapolis. Uh, they uh, collaborated based on their own experiences to write a really cool uh, book about business that I, I found to be entertaining and fun. I, I, my favorite quote is uh, from Wealth Management. They said this, it's one of the 10 best business books of 2016. BS Incorporated offers a colonoscopy of the contemporary corporate world. Now, I don't know about you, but anybody saying that there, it offers a colonoscopy of work, I think they get work. So uh, that's kind of fun, and I look forward to talking to Jennifer and Michael. Welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. Well, it's, it's our pleasure to have you. And before we get to started talking about your book, uh, why don't you share with us what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? Sure, I'll start. Uh, so I have uh, recently um, gotten back into cooking after a, a long hiatus um, because I was busy with a 70-hour-a-week um, corporate job. So um, I have delved deep into really complicated, wonderful recipes that take half a day to make. And I unfortunately have become pretty adept at taking pictures of these recipes and putting them on Instagram, which I never thought at my age, like that would be something I would get into. But it's become a little bit of an obsession. And, um, and it's actually, it's, it's been a whole lot of fun. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, gee, I'll, I'll be over for dinner tonight, so uh, <laughs> my passion is eating, so I'm glad to hear that. 
we'll get along just fine, too. Yep, no worries at all. And uh, I'm perfectly happy with the letting you cook. That's no problem for me. <laughs> Michael, uh, how about you? What fun thing have you been up to lately? Uh, well, as we were talking about uh, before the uh, before the podcast started here, Steve, the the temperature variations in the Twin Cities here of Minnesota, where we live, um, vary greatly. It gets very cold in the winter, and while we have gorgeous summers, they are only about three months long. And uh, my wife and I have a couple of sons, aged 14 and 11, who are really focusing on their friends now and not as, spending as much time with mom and dad. So this year we broke down and we bought ourselves a boat. And so we've been taking the kids out on the boat and spending as much time in these uh, glorious Minnesota summers as we can getting out on the water. That sounds wonderful, Michael. And uh, just so you know, the only thing better than carrying uh, 14, 11-year-old sons out on the boat is when your sons are now grown and out of the house and you and mom can go by yourself. Uh, (laughs) That's a pretty darn good thing. Uh, uh, yes, uh, I hear you. We look forward to those days as well. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with that. Uh, listeners of my show know that uh, my daughters are grown. I got three granddaughters, so it's a lot of fun to be uh, kind of do what I want to do. I kind of love that part. <laughs> Absolutely. So Jennifer and Michael, let's talk about BS Incorporated. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the book myself. I've read it for my listeners. And I want you to know that. Uh, it's fun and it's uh, it's funny and it's irreverent, and because it's all three of those things, I loved uh, I loved the experience. So, why don't you share with our listeners what the uh, the foundation of this book is, and uh, you know, really what got, gave you guys the idea to do this? Sure. So, uh, so BS Incorporated is the semi-fictional story of a big Midwestern company that's grown too big too fast and is now spiraling out of control. And we take you behind the scenes to a group of middle managers who are quirky and smart, and they band together when they realize that they might be the only ones who can save this company from itself. So the story is Business Solutions. That's the name of our fictional company. And it is very loosely based on uh, the combined experiences that Mike and I have had in corporate America. Um, each of us has worked more than 20 years in, um, in communications-type positions, like speechwriters and marketing communications, um, working with some of the, um, the biggest companies in the world, working with some of the most successful CEOs and C-level executives. And, um, you know, there was a a point where we had had a really bad day, frankly, a really bad meeting that we were a part of. And Mike and I uh, escaped, and we went to a bar patio here in Minneapolis on a beautiful April day, and we started swapping stories about all the things that we had seen and the companies that we had worked for and realized that we had some universal experiences that were funny and some were heartfelt And we started putting our stories together and said, you know what, I I think we have a story to tell here. So the foundation of the book was very much in real life, although I would say a good portion of the book is completely fictional. Well, I I understand uh, some of it is fictional for sure, and I'm glad you changed the names to protect the guilty. (laughs) Uh, And notice I did say guilty because the reality is I think we all – uh, have worked in situations like this or been in meetings, uh, as you describe uh, in this book. Uh, Michael, what were, you, what were your thoughts whenever you were sharing stories and thinking about how best to uh, share these ideas? 
you know, where we first started out, Steve, was um, we wanted to share the absurdity and the humor and just the crazy things that you experience, really, no matter what kind of organization you work for. It can be a big company. It can be a small company. It can be a nonprofit. Uh, but, you know, you get you get people together in a work environment and uh, all kinds of madness can ensue. But um, as we delved into writing the book more and more, we also wanted to draw out some of those uh, more heartfelt aspects of it, as Jennifer mentioned, the, the long-term relationships that you build with people, the people who have your back in the office when, when you're having a bad day, and even some of the, the leadership lessons um, that you learn along the way. I know um, the, the name of your podcast, of course, is Manager Mojo, and we've been looking forward to doing this, this interview with you because we feel like we've embedded some, some leadership lessons and some themes in the story as well that um, while the book is entertaining, can also help people, you know, think a little bit about what it means to be a, a good leader in the workplace. And a well, very bad one. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's what I love about it, because I do see uh, some of both going on here. And uh, I, I really, uh, it was fun for me to, to uh, also note that you guys, uh, in, in reality, you took a, what I think is awesome in that you used a female perspective in a lot of the book. Uh, one of your key uh, characters, if you will, uh, is female, and she kind of saves the day and, and does uh, it, it gives a great perspective in, into management uh, and leadership in the modern world. Uh, when you looked at some of those uh, really bad lessons, let's start there, and then we'll go to some of the good stuff. But uh, what, why don't you share with our listeners just an example of one of the really bad, awful things that, that you really clearly showed in the book? Oh, wow. So many to choose from. I know, um, there were. That's why I want you to do it. <laughs> so we, you know, as we tell people, you know, we, we worked with amazing, wonderful, smart, um, productive, awesome people in our experiences, but the bad ones are so much more fun to talk about. <laughs> so, you know, um, we have, um, we have co-CEOs in the book, which is part of the mayhem of this fictional company, is that they're, the two founders have remained as battling CEOs. And both of those CEOs embody some of, um, some of the, the, the bad leadership qualities that we have, have seen. Um, but nobody embodies bad like Lyle Kirkland, who is our, really our most villainous executive in this book. And he, um, he really, yeah, he's awful. And he really embodies some of the worst behavior we have ever seen um, from from leaders. And some of it's very true. We actually did work for an executive years ago who quoted Machiavelli, the the handbook of dictators, um, rather than to quote, you know, some of the you know General Patton or some of the more you know common inspirational, inspirational people. He 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 liked to to quote. Um, you know, dictators and, and villains, but um, but really, um, some of his bad behaviors are, are some of the, the the worst that we've seen, and um, and he really embodies the leader who is really in it for selfish reasons and will manipulate and steamroll over any employee at any level, including his peers, to get what he wants. And there's a line in there at the, um, you know, this big leadership meeting at the end where they're trying to figure out if this company is going to survive. And um, our hero, um, one of our communications people, Will, our character, says, 
you know, he, he's left with a sickening thought that maybe Kirkland will watch this company die simply because he can. And um, and that is certainly the the worst of behaviors that we have ever seen. And it, it comes close to truth um, that sometimes people who are so consumed with power wield that power simply because they have it. Oh, absolutely they do. And uh, it, it causes so many negative uh, consequences. Uh, it starts a chain that never seems to end. And, exactly. Uh, I, I love the way that you uh, you guys were able to weave into your story how a lot of these it starts with uh, one bad uh, one bad example and it just turns into one after another after another <laughs> after another. And I love the way that you did that because. In reality, that's exactly what we see. People, uh, I've dealt in uh, corporate uh, situations for so many years, and what happens is that people do start off making what they thought was just an innocent, bad, stupid decision, but it compounds until at some point they're held accountable for it and they're no longer a part of the, uh, of the company and a part of leadership altogether. So there are consequences to this kind of behavior, uh, and you you captured it really well. Uh, so I appreciate that part of it, M- Michael. What was your worst uh, example? Uh, you know that you saw bad behavior other than dictatorship. Um, boy, that's a really good question because we have seen um, seen so many examples of it over the years. You know, and I think I would probably say. Um, just the um, when you when you have when you run into a leader who is really just all sizzle and no substance, mm. and you know a lot of times this this you know these folks are well intended, and the problem is that they can get by with it for a certain length of time, but you know ultimately if the emperor has no clothes, uh, you know that will become obvious over a period of time. So this one's a little less, I think, a little less in terms of evil intent. Um, but you can really only rally people um, behind an empty strategy or behind, uh, you know, something that doesn't have enough substance for a certain period of time. And when your employees or whether that's your investors or your customers or whoever it is, when they find out that there is no substance behind that wonderful oratory skill that the leader may have, um, it's it's doubly disappointing because you believed in the person and you believed in the plan and neither one is really carrying any weight at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of the emperor has no clothes, you guys did not shy away from the male-female hanky-panky that goes on a lot of times <laughs> in the corporate world. No, no, we did not, um, because it does go on often in the corporate world. You know, it's a lot of human <laughs> beings in confined situations over long periods of time with each other. So, and... Um, and I do have to tell your listeners that, you know, it's one of the questions we get most often about BS Incorporated, because we, we start with, with a bang, so to speak, in the book, with the, <laughs> with the revelation that there are people canoodling, shall we say, in the corporate stairwells, which leads to a security lockdown of said stairwells. And yes, that's absolutely a true story. Oh, I believe me. I, I read that and I thought, oh my God, I have lived this story. Uh, 
Please, it, no more details. Too much information. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, I, I, I had one I'd love to include it in your book, uh, but it would have been a little too profane. Uh, oh. <laughs> the, uh, and just for my listeners, I'm telling you, I laughed out loud when I saw this because uh, it, it does. This kind of stuff goes on. And what's crazy is that oftentimes uh, people in leadership position believe that they have the power of invisibility. And so they do <laughs> stupid stuff thinking nobody can see it. Am I right or am I wrong, guys? No, you're absolutely, absolutely right on that. So the, uh, in, in, in that vein, uh, just to tease my listeners a little bit, uh, my worst one on this hanky panky, I can't tell you all of it, but I'll say this. It was at a corporate meeting. Uh, everybody was there for three or four weeks in training. They rented a, a, a property to do nothing but the training. And uh, it was really bizarre. I uh, got on the elevator with uh, a, a coworker, and he happened to be uh, quite the opposite of me. He was. Uh, quite good looking, quite smooth, uh, very uh, debonair kind of guy. And this, uh, this female gets into the elevator and uh, does a little worse than proposition him to come to her room. I mean, it was like an open invitation right in front of me. Uh -huh. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> That's bold. I, I'm like, whoa, uh, okay, this is a world that I did not know existed, Mr. <laughs> uh, conservative, happily married man, and it's like hookup central. Uh, wow. So I get it totally, and you guys handled that in such a, a, a good way in the book, and I really encourage uh, my listeners, you got to go get a copy of this book for the entertainment value alone. I promise you, you're going to have tons of examples yourself that you can relate to uh, where you've seen these really bad examples all throughout businesses that you've dealt with or worked for in your career. Uh, but let's talk about some of the positive stuff because I, I, I don't ever want to do nothing but the negative. Uh, I want to do some positive things that, that you learn from this. So uh, why don't, uh, Jennifer, why don't you start and give us a, an, an example of uh, positive takeaways that a leader can uh, can learn from and begin to implement. Sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a really selfish one, and it's about trusting your communication team, um, because Mike Mike and I are professional communicators, and you know I've we we talk at book events and at book signings, and oftentimes we have usually some guy from finance who pokes up a hand and says, how come accountants weren't the heroes of your book? Well, because we're communicators. If you want accountants to be the heroes of your book, you write your own book. Um, but, well, it would have to be a first somewhere, I guess, but go ahead. <laughs> but communicators are the hero of our book, partially because we are those people, but also because communicators have a, a unique vantage point in an organization. Um, you know, we like to say that we were given all access passes from the, the warehouse to the penthouse in, in corporations. We were in strategy sessions and board meetings behind closed doors with um, the strategic thinkers of the company, um, but also on the front lines with the employees who were really doing the day-to-day -day heavy lifting. And, you know, there's a there is a really wonderful story arc in BS Incorporated where the 
the uh, co-CEO, Jerry, who is really all about the bluster and the rallying, um, has kind of a, a, a pivotal moment with his communications professional at the end where he you know, has to really rally the troops to save this company. And he takes some really good advice from his communications guy who you know, sits him down and, and really tells him the truth and is honest with him. And, you know, I think a lot of C-level executives don't get that honesty from the people that they work with. And um, and communicators, I, I have to put a feather in our cap here, is that often we're the ones who, who deliver the truth. And, um, and that happens in the book in a moment that really allows that CEO to um, – to step up and do what he has to do for this company. So um, I would say, you know, if you are a leader out there, um, it doesn't have to be a professional communicator, but find that person on your staff who is going to deliver that truth and help you um, help you step up and, and be a better leader. Oh, that I love that you even mentioned that example because uh, for me, that's certainly one of my favorite things in that I, I do believe that honest and open communication uh, requires a tremendous amount of focus and work. And very few C-levels uh, possess it naturally. Uh, yeah. They usually wind up making a, a big mistake, and then they uh, say, well, how could I avoid that? Well, it's called communication. You know, learn how to communicate with people, earn their trust, and then give your trust to them. And okay. so seldom does that happen. Uh, and, and I do feel the need here, Jennifer, I, I want to say to those uh, that are in finance accounting, uh, if you guys really want to accelerate your career and accelerate your influence, it's real simple. Learn how to communicate with other departments and divisions outside of just the numbers. Because when you can have real conversations, uh, it, it really means something to people. Uh, we rarely, uh, I mean, I, I, personally, I mean, I got a mathematics major, but I can tell you never in my business to career did anybody sit down and say, hey, Steve, uh, do you think we could discuss differential equations for the next hour? <laughs> I mean, that just never happened. They want to talk about their families, their goals, their dreams, and people really need to to understand that. And I thought your story really gave a great example for that. So thanks for sharing that, Jennifer. Oh, well, and, and that's wonderful advice to give people in finance and accounting. And I would also extend that to people in technology as well. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of work in our day jobs with IT departments. And, <laughs> and again, n nobody really wants to sit down and, and talk about you know, the, the schematic about how the platform is hooked up to the data system and the back, you know, we're humans who need to talk to each other. So it's good advice. Well, I've got a little piece of advice the next time you go into the technical group that you Please. might find enjoyable. Uh, you remember the little uh, childhood song that says, the neck bone's connected to the cheek bone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start singing <laughs> that song and tell them, we don't really care. <laughs> Nicely done. They'll get it in a hurry because ultimately people, I mean, I love technology. I'm a geek when it comes to that stuff. But uh, I, I don't go to the bar and say, hey, guys, let me talk to you about how websites really are built. I mean, <laughs> right. It doesn't work. I mean, I'm, I'm buy, even if I'm buying their alcohol, they don't want to hear that. And I get it. I get it totally. 
Michael, uh, why don't you share with us what your uh, favorite lesson for for us in management and leadership is? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the the favorite lesson that we we teased out in the book is um, about finding a mentor. And I know that can be kind of a cliche, um, but uh, for us, it, it it doesn't have to be a formal mentoring relationship. You don't have to go hunting and find ask someone, will you be my mentor? Um, and, and really, we brought that out in the story in the book, um, first through the character of Will Evans that Jennifer mentioned early earlier. Uh, we very purposefully had him inherit a team and become a new manager, and we wanted to show his struggles and show the difficulty of what that's like to be a new manager. And eventually, Will figures out that he needs to go back to his roots in the company, which began in the warehouse, and he finds his very first boss in the company named Big Al, who I'm sure you remember from reading oh, the yeah. book. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and Big Al for us embodies sort of what is right with about leaders. Um, he imparts wisdom without preaching. He's plain spoken, sometimes to the point of working blue a little bit, and, you know, <laughs> with color commentary. But he's direct and he's honest and he's there to help Will because he knows Will can help the company. And for me, that's that's really powerful when you can find that person who's maybe a bit more experienced than you who can be inside your company, outside your company, who can serve as a sounding board and really give you that plain spoken advice because they're not only trying to help you, they know by helping others that they're helping the organization succeed. It's it's a wonderful thing whenever that happens. And, uh, you know, getting mentorship and whether it's uh, from somebody either inside the company or oftentimes it's easier outside the company because you can get a different perspective. Uh, the, the simple fact is uh, we need it because uh, if you think uh, <laughs> if you think you were born learning how to manage and lead other people, uh, I got some property I want to talk to you about. Contact me, <laughs> Steve, at managermojo.com. Um, the simple fact is it doesn't happen. And you need people to share their wisdom because usually uh, wisdom has come with uh, at, at a price. Uh, you've you've kind of bought this T-shirt, you've worn it, uh, you've burned it because you've ruined it, and uh, <laughs> now you need to move on. So uh, great, I, I appreciate that, Michael. Thank you for sharing. So, guys, as we uh, go through this. Uh, I'm very interested in your individual perspective on this and because I want to see if I tell me first Jennifer what were you what was the main thing that you want people to take away from reading this fun book Wow Um, you know I I'd have to say um, we got a review from a, a book reviewer, uh, a business magazine, at one point, who said that, um, and I and I just adore this review. She said, um, deep down, this is really a love story about a company, and and it's true. I mean, you know, we we love our characters and the storylines that we put into BS Incorporated, but it really is a love story about a company. And I believe that as much as we complain about work, as much as we commiserate over cocktails and we complain that we have to have jobs and don't we all want to retire early. I really believe that there are good, good hearted, wonderful giving companies out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 
and you have to work to find it, um, but I don't think you should settle. I, I think you should find companies that you believe in, that you love, that you love the people that you work with, and they'll have your back no matter what, and you find your crew, and you find the company that you'll do anything for. Um, and I've, been, I've had the great fortune of having that a couple of times in my career, and um, you know the people I worked with in those companies, still my best friends, still the people I, I get together with, still the people who have my back no matter what. Um, so I, I hope that that's a lesson that people pull out of that, that, you know, that, that is not fiction, that those companies do exist. And I feel sorry, really, for the people who languish in their careers in companies that they don't respect and don't care for because they think that they can't have something else. I, I think it's a beautiful thing, and I, I, I certainly believe that you accomplished that. Uh, I, I, I like the review uh, that you love the company. I want to take it one step further for me, and that was uh, it, it clearly showed what happens uh, if the people truly love and respect one another. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's, that, uh, it's that emotional respect that builds trust. And boy, you can do great things when people do love and respect and trust one another in a business. Uh, and then work is really not so much of a chore, but more fun. So, so could not agree with you yeah. more. Absolutely. So I, I personally, that's what I, I kind of took away from that. Michael, how about you? What, was you? what were you hoping people would gain? You know, I think Jennifer's um, point was so and she kind of stole my answer, but I'll build, <laughs> I like that. I'll build on it a little bit. And I think, you know, I would want people to think that, you know, you are never alone. Whatever you are experiencing, experiencing in the workplace, um, most likely somebody else has experienced it before and probably somebody else in that company. And we've, you know, we made an intentional um, attempt to make some of those, to show some of those common experiences, some of the things that are just silly, like the, the pure unadulterated joy of finding free food in the break room, right? Mm -hmm. And it will make your day. And you would not believe, Steve, how many people come up to us and that's the thing that resonates with them about this book. Like, oh my God, I found there was leftover pizza from a sales meeting and it just saved my whole afternoon. Um, but, but even, you know, more so the downtimes. And I think, you know, Jennifer touched on it. We call it finding your crew. And, and we, we use that that phrase uh, explicitly because, of course, Will Evans, our, our main character, goes back to his warehouse and he really wants to run his team like a warehouse crew where the, you know, the, the guys really have each other's back. So I think um, no matter what you're going through in your working world, um, find your crew, find those people who have those same experiences, who roll their eyes at the same things and who get excited about the same kinds of things that you do and just know that you're never alone. Brilliantly shared. Now, uh, I know people are going to want to learn how they can connect with you. Uh, so, guys, why don't you share how they can best connect with you? Uh, the best way to find us is on our book website, which is rockandbossbooks.com. And from there, you will find the links of all the places that you can get the book from, you know, iBooks and Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Um, you can see pieces of our interviews. You can see what we actually look like. We actually do exist. We're not fictional. And um, you can read an excerpt of the book there. Um, you can also find our Twitter handles out there and our Facebook page for the book as well. We have a lot of fun on our social media accounts. 
Um, we talk about the book, but we certainly also collect um, and share stories for the sequel that we're working on because there are no shortage of absurd and wonderful things that happen in the workplace. <laughs> that is so true. And I, uh, for those of you that are listening and exercising, as always, we'll make sure we put uh, a, the link uh, directly in the post to make it easy for you to, to be able to uh, go and connect with Jennifer and Michael and get your own copy of the book. Uh, and, and I totally recommend that you do this. I enjoyed reading it on the plane. It was such, such an entertaining uh, ride. And uh, for me, it's always about Kindle. So I carry my Kindle books with me everywhere. So uh, totally highly recommended. I want you all to go buy a copy of this book and have some fun with it. As, as we uh, close today, uh, what would be the one or two things that you want people to take away as an action item for them in their leadership capacity? Uh, Jennifer, either one of you can start, I don't care, or both of you can do it together, but what, what would be your two action item recommendations today? Um, so, you know, we've, we've worked with, like I mentioned earlier, um, some of the C-level executives and some of the, the world's biggest corporations. And I know all leaders are different, but there's certainly some commonalities. And, and one, of the, one of the biggest pieces of advice we give to leaders in our day jobs as communications professionals is to play to your strengths. And I would encourage any leader out there, especially when it comes to communications, um, understand where your sweet spot is. Is it social media? Not everybody's great at that. Not everyone's great at written communications. Um, is it you know coffee chats with 12 people or is it presentations in front of a thousand people? Um, I, I think you have to be very honest with yourself as a leader uh, about what your strengths and your weaknesses are, especially when it comes to communication and bolster up those weaknesses with people who can give you good advice and really play to those strengths um, so that you can communicate well with the people who report to you and make sure that they understand what's going on and you can get them excited about the future. Awesome. Michael, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I would say um, I would encourage leaders at every level to connect with the people that work for them on a genuine personal level. And, and Steve, that's why I love the way you started this podcast with asking us what we like about outside of work. And when you can do that with, with people who work for you, it, it shows that you care about them as human beings beyond just what they can do for you on the job. And ultimately, they will do more for you on the job when they know that you care about them as human beings. All I can say to that is amen and amen. <laughs> I really have enjoyed this today. Uh, my guests have been Jennifer Rock and Michael Voss. They're authors of BS Incorporated. And I encourage you to get your copy of the book, have fun with it, uh, and really uh, look at the lessons that are there. Because it's not just entertaining. It truly is informational from a teaching standpoint. So, uh, Jennifer and Michael, thank you so much for being on the show today. We wish you continued success in all of uh, your future books, as well as B BS Incorporated in every endeavor you guys take. Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's been so much fun. Thank you, Steve. Our pleasure.
Steve here, and one last reminder. I want to thank you for listening to the show, and I want to encourage you, go over to mojouniversity.com. Before you forget it, make sure you sign up for our training site, and let me be your teacher this year. I promise you, you're going to be successful. You're going to love it. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today.